T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. It's the 5 o'clock fire. Ah, it is 5 o'clock. Congratulations, and hopefully you're off work. Luckily for you, we've got the latest for you, and the latest is show the deleter. And T-Mill have the latest. Clint Sterner's not in. He is in Mexico. But uh, we're holding it down for you, and... um, there's a couple of things we want to get across. One, Ben Johnson, we look at the uh, the interview situation uh, for the Texans with their coaching search. Ben Johnson, uh, he has made a decision to return to the Lions. So he has taken his name completely out of the head coaching pool overall. So he is off the Texans list, going back uh, to Detroit uh, for a second year as the offensive coordinator where he really turned some heads with his offense uh, improving as a top five offense with the Lions. But there were some uh, some other things. One, on uh, on The Herd today on FS1, this audio was courtesy of The Herd on FS1 with Colin Cowherd. Um, we played earlier a cut of him talking about bad ownership groups, and it was almost thought that he had had some conversation with Sean Payton, and this is how a Zoom interview went. It almost felt like it was alluded to that. This is the full cut of it. There's a lot of bad owners out there. That sometimes they inherited money uh, from a family. A lot of times they don't even like the sport. Uh, Somebody dies in the family, they're left with it. Um, But the gap, I can tell you this, um, the gap, listening to stories last night, between the haves and the have-nots in this league is not just quarterbacks or coaches. It is ownership. Even on Zoom calls, you can spot the dysfunction. Zoom calls, not even being in the room you can see why certain teams lose. All right, a lot thought that this was this was Colin Cowherd discussing Sean Payton's Zoom interview with the Texans. And when you listen to the whole thing, he was not actually connecting Sean Payton. He you he said Sean Payton's name earlier, but then just went into a take about yeah the difference between different teams and ownership. So and, and you know it is important to point out that. If you listen to what Cowherd like just said, sounds it like sounds like he's talking exactly about Cal McNair and the Texans and Peyton's visit with them. Oh, I- and you know what? He very well could be pointing to that, certain specifics. The Zoom, there was a Zoom with Peyton and the Texans. That is how Cal took ownership of or control of the organization. But that was actually within the first four minutes of Cowherd's radio program today. And he started it off by saying, 
talking about advice that he gives young broadcasters and how not to chase the money, but chase, chase good people. leadership, chase good people, chase good management, chase people that are going to take care of you and have their best interest. Anyone to talk about like, you know, Marge Schott, you know, and all of these ownership groups over the years that have kind of botched things. And that's how we kind of got into that. So it was no direct, uh, uh, I guess, it was an implication, but there was no direct way of saying Cal McNair Texans. Now, now, I will say he is not high on the Texans' ownership. Right. I'd listen to him, and I, I, what he's not high on the Texans' ownership. He has described them as crazy. But in that context, <laughs> it was not him coming back and saying, hey, Sean McVay, or I mean, I'm sorry, Sean Payton had this conversation with me about the Zoom interview he had with a certain team named the Texans. No, that wasn't it. Also, to even to give a little bit more positivity to that of concern and lessen the concern of Texans fans, this is from a Saints beat writer. Nathan Underhill. Big time Nate Underhill uh, commenting on the, what he's heard between the recent Zoom call interview that the Texans had with Sean Payton. Heard that the, the meeting with Houston last night went really well. Um, both sides were impressed with one another. I think that's probably going to be the feeling coming out of a lot of these. All right, both sides were impressed with each other. So, uh, still in there hanging in and holding on, uh, like I am, that we get to cover Sean Payton, and uh, oh, that is still intact, and that's good news. Sean Payton started out earlier in the week talking up the Texans organization, and now we hear uh, from a Saints beat, uh, beat, uh, beat writer that I believe Sean Payton would want to get out if he's going to report that, that it went well. Five o'clock fire. All right, uh, fellas, yesterday the uh, the two uh, top teams in the country in uh, college basketball were on the floor. Uh, the Houston Cougars, they uh, beat another meaningless, win another meaningless game against another team that will not prepare them for the NCAA tournament as their schedule continues, continues to be as weak as possible. They win 80-60. to 60. Marcus Sasser uh, played very, very well. Uh, scored 23 points in that game, and they went on the road uh, to get another easy win in way the American. Way to go, Krugers. Yeah, way to go, Cougs. Uh, just really disappointed in their schedule. Um, and then Kansas, uh, they uh, the number two team in the country many people have as the uh, the top team in the bracket right now. They, uh, they lose in overtime uh, by one to the 13th-ranked team in the country. Rivalry game, K-State, they lose that game. So, one and two play, Houston wins, uh, and Kansas loses. I, I've said it. i put it out there. I, Sean, I know you follow the Cougs. Mm-hmm. You go there and cover them a little bit. Um, I'm really, really disappointed in the schedule they have. I, I know uh, some yeah. of it you can't control it. Uh, the Oregon win they got on the road looks better as they beat the brakes off Arizona uh, not too long. But they, I mean, they've played three games this year. They've played really two. They played Alabama, which they lost, who might be the best team in the country. Might, might be the most talented. Yeah, team number in the four country. now, I think. Yeah. yeah they're going to move up uh, mm-hmm. with Kansas losing. And then they went on the road and beat Virginia. Yeah. Outside of that. Which was a man, good win. That was a good no, win. It was a good win. Outside of that, man, they know their conference. And they and, and it's not like, oh, it's down this year. No, they know their conference. Yeah. Memphis usually is maybe the other team that, that's all right. SMU sometimes wakes up. But they should have a schedule like Gonzaga's. Like, their schedule – now, this is the last year. They'll be in the Big 12 next year, and they won't have this. But they should have a schedule like Gonzaga. 
Mm-hmm. And I and I think this is going to potentially hurt them. Now, this is a battle-tested group that's been in games, so I think that helps them. But, boy, I think Gonzaga runs into this every year around the second round of the tournament. They haven't played anybody that has that type of talent. And then all of a sudden they find themselves playing, oh, my God, we got to pick it up because they've been playing against the Temples, the Tulanes, the uh, – some of the some of these teams that they're playing yeah. in America. It's a fair argument, but what have they done over the course of the last five years? I mean, they've been playing the same kind of soft schedule. Um, it's they haven't had. Issue. I mean, it, it is, but you know, you had a you had a game that was very winnable against Alabama. You didn't unfortunately yeah, get home, that yeah. done, but you went on the road. You beat Virginia, and look, it's nothing to you know celebrate. But I did think Kelvin Sampson made a good point this past weekend. You know, against their win against uh, South Florida, it was it? I was there for that game. That was a struggle, man. You know, Sasser had, had some have, struggles where you're like, they, they should be beating these. Sasser teams. had a career high 31, 34 points, whatever it was that game. They shot terrific from outside, but they were without so many of their guys that day, without four regulars, four, and they'd still found a way to win. And Samson was like, you know what? Sometimes you get lucky, but sometimes you know you earn it, kind of thing. And we earned this win. Um, you know, at the same time, we did get a little lucky. But it's a character-building opportunity for them. And so I think those kind of games can kind of light a spark uh, under this team as they go forward. I think Houston is one of the best teams in the country. And I think a lot of their experience has to do with, I'd say, a top-four team. They're going to be a one seed because I don't know if they're going to lose another game. Um, but I just I just think challenging themselves a little bit more. Mm-hmm. To me, and, and and Memphis is really the only team you could bake on, and they still got them twice. Yeah, I mean they, they should beat the hell out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. Memphis is not good; they can't shoot. Five o'clock fire. All right, baby. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had a little comment that he made on the Pat McAfee show, uh, and, and it seemed to be this is a question people were rolling with. Uh, he had a down season the last two years before this year. He won back to back MVP. And uh, the thought is: Is Aaron Rodgers taking a step back? Is he is he lost it? Is he is he dropped down a level at quarterback? This was him responding: If he could still play, do I still think I can play? Of course, of course. Can I play at a high level? Yeah, the highest. I think I can win MVP again. The right situation. Right situation. Is that Green Bay or is that somewhere else? I'm not sure. But I don't think you should shut down any you know opportunity like i said during the season it's got to be you know both uh, both sides uh like actually wanting you know to work together moving forward and uh i think there's you know more conversations to be had all right that's uh that's aaron Rodgers. he could still play at a high level at mvp level well as i say it feels like tom brady threw out some words to some of his old guys I don't know if it was going to be Deion Branch who might say something. Maybe Teddy Bruschi might step out on his behalf. Get out there, boys. He was going to hit up. He was going to hit up <laughs> Willie McGinnis, but nobody's talking to Willie right now after he beat the brakes off that person at that LA race. <laughs> yeah, go get him, boys. So Willie, Willie's been disqualified for being able to do this. So don't worry, Gronk. His main man came out, and this is where Gronk. This is how he feels about Aaron Rodgers' comment. I, I'm totally fine with everything he said, except one major part, and that's the MVP again. It's just that I think I, I think I could win another Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and, it, and then that would have been totally fine. Like, like, bro, like, why are you thinking MVP? Like, don't you want Super Bowls? Like, Super Bowls are, are I think, five times greater than a, than an MVP award. 
Like, we all know that you won the MVP a few times now, but, like, you know, everyone would everyone would know even more how many more Super Bowls you've won than MVP. So that, that's why I'm just a little confused about that, you know, about that quote that he just had. I mean, it should be Super Bowls. You well, should never be thinking the MVP when, when you want Super Bowls. It is interesting, huh, Grant? I'm sorry, man. I, maybe, I'm, maybe it's me, but I feel like, oh, yeah, here we go. I'm going to throw another dart here to separate. Why Tom Brady is so much better than Aaron Rodgers. This is that's how I felt. Is like, listen, man, this is this Tom would never do. That's basically what he said. Tom yes. wouldn't do that. Yeah. Tom. Tom don't care. He's a winner. Yeah. He just wants to keep winning Super Bowl. And there's no like surprise. Forty six years old. All right. Th- when he says that though, no, go ahead. Because I I got I got to hear what you got to say. I was just gonna say there's no surprise that Gronk would have that response because he's used to being around that type of mentality of Tom Brady. Tom Brady would have made it about, yeah, winning a Super Bowl. Yeah, I can still play at a high level, and we can win a Super Bowl. Well, there's no we attached at any part of that answer. It's I and me. And you could say, well, Bijani, he was asked a poignant question about his performance. Yeah, but he did inflect the Green Bay Packers into his answer. And he'd said, whether that's in Green Bay, I don't know. So he's obviously lending an idea to the fact that he could still play at a high level. He just doesn't know who it's going to be with. That's why there's no talk of Super Bowl. This is my thing. All right, you saying this because it's about Super Bowls. Do you know what? Gronk should go tell his boy Tom to go sit his ass down there. If it's about Super Bowls, <laughs> this is about, man, I can play this game to win Super Bowls. What is Tom out here playing for? To get another forty-six thousand yards, go sit your ass down, Tom, because you don't you have a chance to win the game. Chance to win the Super Bowl, not a chance. Go sit down. I mean, he Tom. made the playoffs. He had a chance. Go sit down, Tom. Tom didn't have a chance. <laughs> they under five hundred last. I wish the listeners chance, could see man. the look you gave. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, man. Tom is out here playing for something. Were you? He certainly ain't playing to go win no Super Bowl. He's, he's racking up numbers, is what Tom is doing. Were you guys surprised to see that Tom Brady at the end of this season led the league in completions and completion attempts? No, I'm not. Again, like if, if, if I didn't I even watch, know that. If I yeah. watch the games, they do number throw. He threw it 66 times the other day, games. and that's when I saw that stat. They threw it up there, and I'm like, he's holy got, He's got to be averaging 40-plus attempts. Again, oh, yeah. they, they did nothing but throw repeatedly. Five o'clock fire. All right, uh, um, fellas, this isn't – I can't believe that Jerry's just going to do this. Cowboys did sign kicker Tristan Vizcaino to the practice squad, but they're going to stick with uh, their kicker, Brett Maher, who struggled like hell, who went through a streak between two games, uh, missing five consecutive extra points. We learned yesterday that's, what, 32, 33-yard kicks. Five straight. Where's your damn head at, dude? That's why I wanted to hear Emmett one more time. Five straight. Get your foot placement right. That's it. There's him. Get that foot placement right. Uh, five straight. I, I listen. I and he missed four in the game, and then everybody celebrated. Even the Bucks celebrated when he made that fourth one, and he split it right down the middle. I can't there be- was glory hole. But Jerry, listening <laughs> to you, Jerry, I cannot believe. I cannot believe that he is going to go to San Francisco. And he is going to keep this same kicker. I don't have I, time to have a I, bad time. I can't believe it. I like that's not guaranteed, right? He's got to have a good week of practice. That's why you bring on, uh, you know, Vizcaino. The thing it is, isn't on my schedule. Vizcaino's kicked for 
the Cardinals for three games and the New England Patriots this season. Very limited opportunities. So maybe this is like a move just to light a fire under his ass, so to speak. But if he didn't have a no, good man, week we, of practice. Oh, Sean, we got to be past lighting fires up asses. Like we like we got we got to like I mean if they want to light fires up asses what did you just I'm say? just saying we got to be past lighting fires up asses like <laughs> this ain't this ain't personal dog like we're not going to go to San Francisco and have somebody who can't kick a 33 yarder I get it and like this like this is a deal of boy just didn't have a bad day but what are you going to do He's you're in the middle of the playoffs like where are you going to go get a kicker you know Tristan you can just this guy. Kind of is what we're doing <laughs> I, like this is beyond misses this appears to be in his head. Like, I mean, he needs to see a, a shrink or or something. Like, this is in his head. Yeah. Like a sports psychologist. They make, That was in his head. Like Get he, your foot placement right. He walked up there. The Bucks didn't even rush anymore. They just stood up. He walked up <laughs> they there. They wanted to see the miss, too. And he couldn't. I mean, he's like, like I said yesterday, a bad beer pong player. All right, I shot that one long. All right, let me come back and <laughs> let me adjust. And then he just shot it short. I'm now he's just in between. You don't do it. Yeah, nothing. I mean, I don't know, man. If they walk in there and lose that game to the 49ers due to him yeah. missing kicks, makeable kicks, anything inside 40, including extra points, Jerry will never forgive himself. John Fassel, their special teams coordinator, had some interesting comments after they uh, signed Vizcaino. He said, quote, I believe in the hot hand and I believe in the yips. And you wonder sometimes how you get into the yips and you wonder sometimes how you get back to the hot hand. The yips happen, so I expect a hot hand coming up. He's made one in a row. He's made one in a row. Well, now he's on track. All right, we'll trust that. <laughs> coming up, Houston Astros fans, got some news to pass along to you and I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Tyler don't even know. I'll tell you what that is coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. Do you have any luck calling them Waffle Houses? Man, I have called eight Waffle Houses thus far in the greater Houston area, and I can't even get anyone to pick oh, they up the won't phone. Answer? No. I'm trying to make a reservation, man. I don't believe you that. You haven't talked a... to one? I don't I have not believe... talked no, to one. Oh, I don't believe that. I'm a lot of things, sir. I'm not a liar. All right, this is what I want to hear. I, I want to do this. Anyone out there in the Drive family listening right now, I want you to call up a Waffle House, and I, I, I just want you to text in on the text line 713-572-4610. I want to see how many of you all get in touch with somebody at a Waffle House. Because I just I find it hard to believe <laughs> that Tyler's called eight Waffle Houses between Bro. two and between two and five thirty. They're not that busy. That right you've now. called eight Waffle Houses and nobody's answered. I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying I don't believe you. My my thinking is how often do you think Waffle Houses even really get calls? But somebody gonna answer. Not you ain't gonna go over eight. I, I have. I just want to. I want us anybody call right now because I just. I, I'm serious. I want to see people text you to say, "All right, I just called and I couldn't get in either." Or, but you got to get the person's name. Like, hello, eight, hi. Or is it all right? Is this Brenda? Say thank you. I'm just seeing if y'all are open. Is this Kelsey? Just seeing if y'all are open. Feeling like Mancini in the World Series right now. Hell, for that matter, ask and see if you can get a reservation. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> that, that is the goal. Do, yes. do the legwork. Actually, I, w- I was hoping to talk to somebody from Waffle House to see their thoughts on uh, who they uh, who they think the Texans should look at as as their next coach. Survey the Waffle. House. All right, someone just texted in. I mean, within seconds, 
The Waffle House on Rankin Road just picked up. Yeah, and that person isn't lying. That quick. <laughs> yeah, okay. And? I'm just saying, what was the person's name? Spencer. Don't answer. I just, what was the person's name? I don't. I, who was it? Oh, Somebody? actually, I, I just got one on the phone, too. I got one, Dan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sir, but they didn't want to be on the radio. Are you lying? Just now. You're just lying. like I didn't that make guy. Sure you put an ear. <laughs> yes, I. Guy. Yes, I am. I'm you, lying. So you call like you call this person from the seven one three a liar? Yes. You just wow. said that. You just launched that initiative. Him. I trust him. I did. I, I trust him. And There's I'm sure a you're a great person, whoever you are. No, but. you're just calling him a liar. I just, I just can't believe you went over eight in the middle of the day. <laughs> eight three I mean, two being they're honest. They're coming through in now. Three four six Waffle House Luetta Road Spring Texas. No answer. <laughs> Good point on the to-go orders text line, but I'm telling you, no one's answering. I I just, this is it. Then we need to get to the bottom of this. This is true. I've still, Rankin Road. Is there even one? Is there a Waffle House on Rankin Road? I just want to make sure. (laughs) Most likely, they're everywhere. Hey, by the way, Sean uh, uh, brought this to my attention, Tyler, and uh, Drive Family. You said Yuli unfollowed the Astros? Yeah, on Instagram. Whoa. He un. He unfollowed the Astros on Instagram and followed the Miami Marlins. Is that where his brother plays? No. I'm not making that up. No. Lourdes? He's in Toronto. He's in Toronto? Yep. Okay. Just make that up. You had to make me uh, like doubt myself that, for a little bit. Like, wait, quick. what happened to Toronto? Had to that, I had to break that up. Thank you so much for stopping by and giving us that great info, Sean. <laughs> Seriously, that's big info. Thanks, Sean. No, yeah. it is. I, How about that? Just saying. Unfollow. I People mean, are Yuli. talking about it. But, I mean, you're not surprised by this. I mean, Yuli's not going to be here next year. I really thought he would be. Like, <laughs> to, what better person to serve that utility role off the bench than Yuli Gurriel? Like, who's that guy right now? To me, it's like, it's literally by committee. I'm ready to hand it over to David Hensley. I like David Hensley, but... Like, I'm just saying, how many positions can, can Uli play as a utility guy? Like, how many positions do you feel comfortable with 39-year-old Uli? First, second, DH. Second? Mm-hmm. Why not? Nah. Uh, Why not? Can start out as a third baseman, Bajani? Yeah. That's right. Man. No, I, I I don't, like, I can I mean, be, you're I, not talking, like, you're not talking you. for, like, a week at a time, but, I mean, but you I, just a spell here and there. Stuff, but first off, we know how much Dusty likes to give people a spell here or there. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, man. I, I, I well, I don't know, man. I'd like it. Thirty-nine years old. Give me first DH, and maybe third. 
I, I like I just I don't know I can't see Yuli in the in the middle infield and and yeah, I mean maybe and maybe maybe you don't play him at that's second. That's what I at just all, said. Like I, Hensley it, plays second. You know, if they want to use somebody like you know in the place of like Diaz, I, I think Hensley is ready to take. And they got Dubon who who can do all these. To me, Dubon and 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 Hensley makes sense because you don't. I mean, you already have some sort of mix with the DH. In left field, because you got Brantley and you got uh, Alvarez, so those two are going to occupy those spots, right? And, and give each other's day, give each other days off there, and then, you know, I mean, hey, Jose, uh, Jose Jose's going to play every day at first, so I just, I just, I don't know. Uh, uh, Lourdes Gurriel's in Arizona, by the way. Is he in Arizona? Yeah, I was not aware of that. Thank you, Texture oh, from it's Arizona. Uh, Two eight one and four. I would, I, I, listen, I wasn't gonna say anything. I knew he wasn't in Toronto. I just could, I remember where I he don't got remember traded. That. Did yeah. that change recently? I thought it was I thought Miami Toronto for sure. Yeah, I thought it was Miami, but it is yeah, it's Arizona. Late, I knew late it was, December. I knew it was somewhere hot. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, they got him for one of their top prospects, uh, adding catcher Gabriel Moreno and veteran outfielder. Ortiz Griel and a swap for oh Dalton Varsho. Varsho. Waffle, Waffle House is answering, but it's a recording uh, coming from the text. <laughs> I got the same recording at all eight. Trying. All eight had the same someone, voicemail. Someone here, right here, <clears throat> uh, she was hesitant on answering about the the reservations, but did say yes. <laughs> Tyler, well, I, I, Tyler, I just well, think you're. I, I don't know, man. I I don't want to well, call the, the the folks liars. This is Nick. Nick Hookem. He called. I want Nick called. Well, this is a long one you're of, talking about. Don't even I'm believe it. I'm just saying. Just picked. Just picked. Called the one on uh, on West Road, and she said, "Yes, they take reservations." Longhorn Nation, we're back. I, but I, listen, I I think that one's legit. I I, I do. I, I think we've got two. I like Nick, but I, I don't I know. Don't, I, and I'm just very, very, very disappointed in in, in you, Tyler. I, All right, you know what? You know what? Textures, I, I, send I, in the number that you're saying is picking Nick up. I think did. I think Okay, Nick did. I'll I'm give gonna, it a shot. I'm going to be honest, <laughs> and I hate to do this. At this point now, I I, 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 I question if you called it. Rosenberg you, Waffle House's name was Lovie Smith. You witnessed me I calling. Call, I, I, you came this, in during the break. I was on the phone. At this point, I believe Tyler <laughs> called three to four. I was then, selling myself short. I may have called 10 or 11, okay, but see, I went now, with eight because I lost see, count. See, now it's changing. <laughs> now it's changing. Now it's 10 or 11. No, I went short. Yeah, okay. This is BS, man. You know what? If you call I just, the Waffle I just House, it. I mean, we got we got callers out here doing their due diligence, Send in the numbers, and people, they, and they are and they are getting people. Send in the numbers. I'll see. Maybe it's just me. It might just be you. I I I, I don't know. I don't appreciate the tone you've taken with me this segment, sir. <laughs> I just don't appreciate. I just want you to be honest, if, man. If you didn't I, want I'm to do on, it, mm, I'd have done it. I'm honest. That is one thing I will always gonna, be with I you, swear my to friend. God, I'm going to call. I'm going to call one Waffle House. Call the during, call during the one this, in Rosenberg during this break. I'm going to call. And I don't want to speak to Lovey. <laughs> I'm going to call one, <laughs> one, one Waffle House during this break. By way of Big Sandy, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get? The, is there a Waffle House? I'm, I'm going to definitely call the Waffle Big House in Big Sandy right now. Is there now. a Waffle House in Big Sandy? Got to be. Hold is, on, hold is on. Lovey available? I'm sorry. I I don't want to circle back to this because I didn't. So you were you are you you two you you're like all right utility like I'm saying is Yuli Gurriel utility utility player a guy who you want to play all around utility player like you you were up for that role yeah 
Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, give me a, give me reasons why. I mean, what are you going to point to? Like if you're, if his it, down regular season this past year, but what he did in the postseason? To, to me, though, if, if his role is utility guy, mm-hmm. like I need. Was he going to be worse than a Ledmus? A Ledmus was horrible this yeah, year but and I, hurt. But it's, it's, about, it's about him being able to. Like, to me, there's only. There's really only two spots that he could play, and one spot you feel great about. That's first. Third base, eh, I know he started out there. That, that's empty. If he was the last time he's played third base. I feel like he played it a little bit uh, even this last year. Like, like, like uh, last time he's played third base a lot. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just Utility, 39 years old. Yeah, man, it, it'd be great if he was a bat on the bench during the postseason, but during the 162 games, hmm. I don't. I don't know. It. It feels like you can do more, and have more flexibility with that spot mm-hmm. because, like, I. I don't think like Dusty would not trust <laughs> Trey Mancini to play outfield, right? And Trey Mancini played outfield throughout his whole career. Yeah. And to think that Dusty is then going to trust Yuli to play another position outside of first, and so basically you just have a backup first baseman. And a DH that is going to take at bats from Brantley or or, or Alvarez. Mm-hmm. How often? Like I just think you might want to have more, more flexibility. I could roll that. with Hensley, and I also like I think wanna, it's Hensley. I'm 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 excited about Hensley. I, I want to see what Pedro Leon can do in spring training. Um, when you get a chance to yes, party, party, I acknowledge text line that the Astros don't win the World Series without Yuli. All right, okay, I get it. Yeah, but we're talking about Yuli as a, as a, a Diaz level replacement, and I I don't I don't know like like just take take Dusty Baker serious. He would not play. He would not play Mancini in the outfield. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you go put him at third base. All right, coming up, I'll I'll give you the update on Waffle House, and I I, I want you to think this through. What if? What if? The number 12 pick becomes an all-pro first ballot Hall of Fame defensive tackle. What if he becomes Aaron Donald? Would you trade that pick even if you knew what it was going to be for Sean Payton? I can't wait to hear your thoughts. We'll discuss that coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right. Um, as we went through the break. Uh, I win. As Tyler from <laughs> the hours of 2.30, I think it was more 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock, about 2.45 to 5 o'clock said he called at first eight Waffle Houses, then it turned into 10 or 11 Waffle Houses, and nobody answered. We had repeated uh, listeners in the Drive family, I love you all so much, who called in and told us they got answers. It made me wonder how much I really believe he was actually calling these Waffle Houses. You witnessed me calling. Sean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean, I, how many did you call? I called three, and I got two answers. Oh, so you went two for three. I went two wow. for three. The first Jeez. one I called Laura from the Westheimer location. Oh, I called them. Did you? Did you I talk call, to Laura? I talked to Laura. So you idiots. Oh, that's why she laughed. <laughs> that's why she was laughing. Kind of, she was snickering to herself because I said, "Hey, um, uh, I was calling to see if I could make reservations for seven o'clock." And she goes, "She was like laughing." She goes, uh, "This is Waffle House. You don't need to make a reservation." <laughs> Dude, 
Did you call the North Sam Houston Parkway one next? No, I called Almeida Genoa. Yeah, I, I got I got in as cat. well. I, I I was one for three. I got in with uh with Manville. I was two for three. And uh, I um I uh, I had a lot of fun with uh with uh Maria. He's <laughs> trying to bribe her. Who Maria? I said, I said, uh, Give me some money if you get me a reservation. <laughs> I said, can I, I told her I had a reservation. I said I got a party at twelve if I could get in there around seven thirty. She said, oh, oh, we don't do reservations. I said, well, okay. After that, you should have told her there was a pants party. <laughs> try that out. I don't want to try that out. That that, that, that seems that seems like a really bad idea. <laughs> You're I probably know, right. I don't know why you want to try that out. I don't know why, why you want to try that out. Extend an right, invitation me, to you to the pants party. Let me get to our guy, uh, our guy, Derwin. As we've, we've talked a lot, Sean Payton, the big, the big conversation here. I do want to get to... Um, my little hypothetical, because this is the fear of so many. I can't even, like, like I mean, when you got Larry and Stafford scared to death, I mean, you really have concerns because he's scared, oh, God, if we lose that 12th pick. Uh, uh, but our guy, Derwin, you've been, you've, been, uh, you've been wanting to get in. Go ahead, get in there. Man, look, I, uh, when I saw them run that two-quarterback system, I'm like, they're not going to go after Sean Payton, no. And then I'm like, well, what the heck is going on? When you look at what Sean Payton did, who were the New Orleans Saints before Sean Payton showed Come up? Because now. now for every 25 uh, Lewis Knicks, you get an Aaron Donald. For every 30 Matt Khalil, you'll get a J.J. Watt. Yeah. We've got to understand and who, we're, who we're ready to give these keys to. And we're going to give the keys to somebody who has 11 draft picks. You've got to get somebody out there. And I love D'Amico. I would love to see D'Amico here. But those those first time coaches, man, those are those are for teams like the Chargers that has everything together and just had bad coaches. Like how Doug Peterson stepped into Jacksonville and just flipped it around because they already had players there, man. We've gotta we've gotta come from the depth of the beginning of what we're trying to do. And Sean Payton did that for New Orleans, man. They didn't they didn't have New Orleans New Orleans wasn't anything, man. They y'all remember them? They were the guys with the bags oh, over the their ants. heads, man. The Aints. Yeah, I remember the Aints. Yeah, they were they were the ants until Sean Payton showed up, man. And what did he do for them in the years that he was there? What did he do for that offense? What did he do for their players? How many free agents is he going to attract? How many how many people are is he going to be able to develop? How many coordinators would be chumping at the bit to come be on his squad, mm. man? That's the part that nobody's talking about, man. Like that whole organization as a whole for New Orleans, they weren't nothing. But I'm telling you, man, in my New Orleans accent, sure, Sean Payton be good for us. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, man, they, <laughs> they need to understand what that man did over there. And it was more than just get to a Super Bowl. He reshaped that entire organization. And we've picked every branch and every leaf off that Belichick tree. Just imagine if you actually got Belichick. And I think that's what we're getting. Mm. And I'm, I'm, not putting him, I'm not putting him above that or whatever, but I'm saying as an organization, what did he take that team to? And that's what I'm looking at, man. And and none of these first-time coaches, yeah, they'd be great. They'd be great to come in and help us out for a little bit. But you're talking about a man that's already reshaped the organization? That's the guy I want, man. I hear nah. you. I hear you, Derwin. No brainer to me. Uh, I, I, I'm with you on that one. And I, as I said, it's it's uh, to me. It's it. I don't know what it is. I think that I think the the number one thing we get thrown at us, though, Sean, is what Larry said, 
Mm-hmm. It is the it's what you got to give up to get him. The assets, and that I think you that's what most people. Believe. And I think yeah. I think that's what many people. And I just saw someone texting on a trailer wheel and frame text line talking about um, you would give up a twelfth pick. Yes, you got four of them in the next two years. You, I'm not giving up two. Mm-hmm. Get that. And, I, and 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 Sean has already made it. Like clear, it ain't that. But twelve, yes. There's no. I'm, I, I'm willing to bet my job. There is Ooh. not. There is nobody whoever is at twelve that is going to be more impactful to the organization and to the team than a Sean Payton. That's fair. And to the point of of, of this, I, I I was listening to Payne and Pendergast uh, and taking the kids to school, and I, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this because. He was very much into that. He said he's on the fence, uh, Sean Pendergast, on the fence about trading a one for Sean Payton. And I think as he said, because I've said this a lot, like, man, you wouldn't be willing to trade Kenyon Green? Right. That's a, that's, the, that's the last, that's the, the closest thing in the middle of that. Kenyon Green? I mean, I bet you we could reach back at, at, at some other mid-round picks mm-hmm. that the Texans have had. You wouldn't trade Kenyon Green? And as he said, it, you know, for every Kenyon Green – at 13, there was Aaron Donald. Yeah, well, the and caller it, just went through, yeah. you know. And J.J. at, yeah. what, 11. And, and and he said, if it's Aaron Donald there at 13, I wouldn't trade Aaron Donald for Sean Payton. And I'm telling you right now, Sean, I would do it and wouldn't blink. I mean, yes, if even if you told me right now, hey, that 12th pick, that 12th pick's going to be, I mean, he's going to be mm-hmm. a like an all- Everything defensive lineman, and they're very, very, very vital and important. Yeah, he has helped them win a Super Bowl. But there ain't nothing that is more impactful than a head coach that also impacts the quarterback position. The only thing that is more impactful than that is the quarterback. If you got a Patrick Mahomes, if you got a Josh Allen, then that's one thing. They're more impactful. But Sean Payton impacts everything he said. Free agents. He impacts the people that he can develop. He impacts the coaching staff. He impacts who you bring in. He impacts who he can draft. He impacts, like, the guys with his eye for talent that you can get in. Like, I mean, this, this, I mean, it's just, it, it is just, I understand the fear of the 12th pick of what that could be. But even make it maybe even the best it could be. And Aaron Donald. Right now, Sean, there yeah. is no way in hell the Rams would let go of Aaron Donald, even if he was in his prime, over Sean McVay. No way. Sean, Sean McVay turned water into wine with Baker Mayfield in eight days. Right now? No way. Seven years ago? I mean, who knows? Who was the defensive coordinator for Aaron Donald when he came onto the scene with the St. Louis Rams yeah, they were St. back in 2014? You remember? Was it Wade? Was Wade there yet? Greg Williams. Greg Williams. Greg Williams. And my point in saying that is like, okay, look, Aaron Donald was obviously a great football player coming out of the draft and going into the NFL. But is Aaron Donald who Aaron Donald is without great coaching, without a great scheme around him? Like, you know, who's to say? Like, I I, I get what you're talking about, what Pendergast is making the point of. And it's like, all right, well, who could the number 12 pick turn out to be? Like, I know we do that to ourselves, but, you know, we we do that to ourselves to like feel a little bit of pain for some reason. You know, it's always hindsight. That's a mofo. But you're getting a head coach 
you know, who's going to be on the sideline, who's going to be running the show, who's not going to get hurt, who's only 59 years of age, who obviously still That's has a, a passion point. He's for not this. getting hurt. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And it's like there's a risk-reward here. You can recoup that 12th overall pick if that's what it costs you by trusting in one of the best minds available to you at this point in time when you have the opportunity to drag your organization out of the mud that it's been in for these handful of years and take it to a completely different level that your franchise has never been, never experienced. Sean Payton could be that guy for you, you know, and it's not that just he's the best candidate amongst the seven or eight other guys really seven that are in the running now, uh, now that Ben Johnson backed out. But, I mean, if McVay was out there, if uh, Belichick was out there, if Mike Tomlin was out there, if Mike McDaniel was out there, like, give me the best coaches in the league right now today and put them out there, Sean Payton would still be like, wow. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we got to go get that guy. He's got a great track record. And – those guys are going to cost you a little bit in the situation that he's in right now. And I'm doing it, as you said, without blinking twice, and, and, really. And we know the odds are there's no chance. The, the odds are that you're not going to be drafting Aaron Donald at 12. But I'm just even putting it out there. It's as perfect as it can be. Someone here on the trailer will and, text, uh, trailer will and frame text line uh, with a back-to-back. Show that you're a dumbass. Show you are proof that there's a sucker boy in every day. If you... If, if you think differently, I just think you're football illiterate. I mean, just and give like, me a you would like, to me. Like if you like right now, you look at JJ Watt at his height. If you could have had JJ Watt or Andy Reid, starting whenever JJ Watt was at his height, if you could have JJ Watt or Andy Reid, who would you take? Mm-hmm. If you say JJ Watt, uh, rethink it. Go think about some things. Yeah. Go sit down. Because right now, the the San Francisco 49ers have the defensive player of the year in Nicky Bosa, who is young and one of the best players in the game. There is there they would laugh if you said Kyle Shanahan or Nick Bosa. <laughs> yeah. You know what? You, you can go get another Nick Bosa. You can He's go get another Nick Bosa. Turn Brock Purdy into. Into the second coming of Tom Brady. Yeah. Now get out of here. Okay. When you have the coach who has a unique – now, it's not every coach, right? I, I wouldn't do this for even good coaches like Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't do that, right? It's not every coach. It's guys who have a special skill set and talent of getting the best out of the other position that is most important, quarterback, and has an eye for talent, who can look at a a running back like an Alvin Kamara in the third or fourth round yeah. and say, ooh, I could do something with him and make him a star. I can look at a Marcus Colston in the sixth round as a wide receiver and make him a perennial mm-hmm. all-star. Or, or, I'm sorry, a pro bowler. It can look at a, a guy like Taysom Hill and make him a guy that can add a, a lot to an offense and do sure. creative things to it. But who, like, you're, who, you're willing, who, you're, who you're having to give up to go get that guy, that coach in-house – it's worth it because, and I, I don't mean to like, you know, crap on the career that, you know, Nick Bosa's having no, or the crappy. career just... that, you know, J.J. Watt had. Like, not there are times you can't go get that guy. Those guys sometimes are just special. But you know what? You can, you can go get a guy that's really good as well and have that coach or his coordinator develop that talent. That's also something that Sean Payton's been really good at 
is bringing in good head coaches, good assistant coaches that have actually gone on and gotten jobs as head coaches in the league. There's four of them, in fact. And you could you could make the argument, too. Well, hey, Bajani, what's his coaching tree look like um, in regards to Sean Payton? When you talk about Dennis Allen or Doug Marone or Mark Tressman or Dan Campbell, all guys that have gone on to become head coaches, their record sucks. Okay, it sucks, but they were really good at their job as assistant under his watch. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we're ultimately talking about here. You go elsewhere and you do your job, you know, I, I don't care. Romeo Cornell under Bill Belichick, when he went off and got his head coaching job, wasn't great. I don't care. It's about what can you do for me, what can you do for me right now, especially yeah. with this Texans organization. And they could do – it's hard to do much better than Sean Payton in any year, but particularly this year. If you have a chance to get him, you got to go try. got to. He changes everything, and he's more – he is more important, I will guarantee it, than the 12th pick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> more important. Oh, because yeah. if he's not more, I'll tell you, more important and more impactful. Sean, great job today. We, we get to do it again tomorrow. We get to do it that again was tomorrow. a good one, a fun one, boys. That was a fun one. Coming up behind us, the best of today, six to eight. You got Vicky, you got T. Mill, as uh, as they will uh, they will look to, uh, we'll hear from John McClain as he was on uh, with the guys in the morning. And, I uh, am not the show. Lord knows it. You're not the show. And uh, and also, we'll, uh, you'll hear a little bit from us uh, as the best stuff coming up right behind us. Rashawn, Clint, having a good time. I'm sure he is three sheets to the wind somewhere in Mexico. Tyler, great job for the most part, except for that wa- Waffle House screw-up. <laughs> I am Ron Nichelle Hughley, as always, Houston. We love you, baby. Sean, we got to be past lighting fires up asses. Just I'm just saying, we got to be past lighting fires up asses. Like, <laughs> this, ain't, this ain't personal, dog. Be- T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.